Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides on the quest to RPG adventures. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we are all devoted role players and storytellers at heart, and we absolutely love sharing our passion with you. In our main podcast episodes, we discuss D&D 5e's core rules and ever-expanding content, while also showcasing other RPG systems and bringing you fresh, new projects from indie content creators. Let us help you get the most out of your story, no matter what game world you're playing in, because detailed settings, heroic characters, vibrant NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary. Here's a message from friends of the show. Do you love Marvel but are tired of hearing Cheeto-stained white guys talk about it? Are you hoping to see the X-Men and Avengers face off? Do you secretly want to be Jessica Jones or Daisy Johnson? Or do you want to be with Valkyrie? If so, you've found your new favorite podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris and Madam Amy, and we are here to give you the commentary you want. Marvel. Minus the mansplaining. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at themarvelousmadams.com. Madams, assemble. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode. If the lilt in my voice already is any indication, this is going to be a fun episode today. But uh, I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Lou Anika, down in Tabletop Journeys South. Anika, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing very well, very well. It's been a great week. Some cool things have happened on the RPG front, in fact. Yeah. I've had a number of quality conversations about non Watsi games, to name a few, some more follow-up on the Spy Game by Black Cat Publishing. I'm loving it. I ran the Session Zero with our patrons from our Patreon mm-hmm. just this past month. Had a lot of feedback from them. One of them even sent me a dossier for the character, like with, including Mugshot. It was, it was awesome. It was yes. just like some really cool stuff. Got me very excited. The folks at Black Cat have done some cool things as well. I found some really cool stuff that is really working out great. I'm looking forward to running that AP and having that show for all of our listeners in the near future. So In the very near future, exactly. And this is very much a non-Watsi month here on Tabletop Journeys because we are in the middle of the real thing, actual play airing. At the point of this recording, episode one has come out. Episode two is about to come out. And uh, the real thing, of course, is a powered by the Apocalypse build based on the Faith No More album. Lots of fun running that one. is a great system to go ahead and run. And where you are 
are uh, talking about spy game and everything like that, I turning myself a little bit into old school D and D stuff. I uh, literally today in the mail, you can't see it on camera, but I got forty old school editions of Dragon Magazine that I found on eBay just for some light reading over the weekend. I'm really looking forward to, to diving into those. These are all episodes editions from like 2000, 2003, that kind of thing. So I'm really looking forward mm. to doing some field research and, and diving back into back into my youth. So. Really, nice, uh, nice. really looking forward to diving into that. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, you're gonna it, make they me came jealous. in fantastic shape too. Yeah, so. yeah. You're gonna make me jealous. Go into my garage, take out the boxes <laughs> that are sealed, and right. at least five feet above ground level that yeah. have Dragon magazines that go back to Dragon and Dungeon magazines, mind yeah. you, that go back to late '80s. And only a couple of them are into the 90s. So I've got some real old. I think I have an issue that's got Lord Soth in it and a few other really classic, like really back in the the day issues, which are some really good things. And I'm looking forward to pawing through at some point. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into the uh, topic of tonight's show. So we have some awesome guests tonight. We have got Jason and Jack from Even Footing Games. Jason, Jack, welcome to Tabletop Journeys. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, it's great to have you. And so we are going to be talking tonight about their latest book that has come out. Their latest game has come out. It's on DriveThruRPG right now, and it is called Babies and Broadswords, which is such an amazing title. And honestly, I I do not think that I could quite do it justice. So I'm going to ask you guys, give give our listeners an explanation of what Babies and Broadswords is uh, before we go ahead and, like I said in our pre-show interview here, start peppering you relentlessly with questions about it because, boy, do I have questions. (laughs) Oh, well, we've got answers, hopefully. First of all, I've been doing a couple of these online interviews and there's always... The, the part where, you know, the, the host you guys are talking about, the cool stuff that's going on. And it's so hard not to just, yeah, I want, that's awesome too. Oh, you put them. Yeah, God, no, same. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm jealous of your stack of dungeon magazines from the 80s. I mean, but, yeah. I mean who, who wouldn't be? I mean, really. Right. Like this is, and he's, yeah, keeping him, right. he's keeping him at the right height. It's appreciated, man. It's appreciated. But our <laughs> game, Babies and Broadsword, for, we've been comparing it to a mix between Dungeons and Dragons and Rugrats. Or or the Muppet Babies. Nice. It's that sort of. You had me right there. Yep, yep. It's, <laughs> it's, there's definitely a lot of D and D influence, and it is a spoof to some extent of some of the classic tropes in D and D. But we wanted that that sense of wonder and that sense of kind of winking acknowledgement of childhood foibles that that you would find in Rugrats and, and Muppet Babies. Very much grown ups being aware of of how they interpret kids as being the jokes. Yeah. All a lot set, of poop all jokes. <laughs> placed in a general setting of a kind of fantasy-esque dystopian sort of orphanage called Lady Chastity's Home for Unwanted. Actually, uh, Jason, you do a much better job at telling the whole title, please. Sure. Oh, the, the name of the orphanage? It's Lady Chastity's Home for Unwanted Children and Other Errors in Judgment. My goodness. <laughs> I just love the way he says it. Just something just about the way he says game. it. Right. <laughs> So that should so, give you a pretty good indication of where we're coming from. That really, it, you know, it really did. Because I remember uh, when I was reading the uh, the preliminary material, the background information that you've got at the beginning of the book here, just reading through here, I did have that moment where I was like, what am I reading here? In a good what way, though, I hope. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it was that whole concept of just even Lady Chastity's home for unwanted children and other errors in judgment. I was like, oh, goodness. Okay. Here we go. We're strapping in here. I fully understand that. I came in pretty late into the project, and they, one of the other crew members, 
I did art for one of his one of his podcasts, and you know, he's like, "Yeah, babies with Rugrats." I'm like, "Okay, cool. All right, but yeah, let me take a look." Second, I saw that title of the Lady Chassis. I'm like, "Okay, all right, I have to be a part of this." Yeah. <laughs> And so really, that that's sort of the first question that I wanted to go ahead and throw out there. Uh, and I will quote verbatim from my notes. Mm-hmm. Where the heck did this idea even come from? Sure. It was myself and a couple of our other current writers on the team were players on an actual play podcast where we were characters. And we were trying to figure out something to do for the Patreon episodes. Like we wanted to try something different. So we just got off on a brainstorm session one day. It's what if you were playing d but everyone was a kid and like you were, it was just as simple as that. What would that be? If you were three feet tall and, and a barbarian, how would that, what would your a character be, your persona? Remember, you would be yeah, a barbarian yeah, yeah, yeah. is what we came up with. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was really just a throwaway conversation. And I went home and I was like, you know what? I got, I'm furloughed. It's COVID. I'm going to write this thing out. And in in a week, I had 80% of the game ready to go. And it really was just, it was, I had the time, I had the inclination, and I had the people that I like playing with interested in what I was doing. So it really... nice. Sometimes that's all you need somebody to, to be at your back and say, yeah, no, I want to see what you create and uh, I want to yeah. support what you're doing. And it eventually just blew up into what it is now. So, And so, Jack, you did most of the art in the book, right? Um, is that where you came into the project? Or? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, basically, they there was a artist already involved, Allie, amazing artist. Uh, most of the character art is all her. And she really set the tone. They needed someone to do background and setting and also just to do some general cleanup here and there. And that's where I came in. I had done some work with one of the other writers on other projects, and apparently he spoke highly of me. And yeah, so like the uh, front cover, for example, Allie made, drew the characters. I cleaned them up with the inking and did the background and the rats and everything. And yes, that's where I was brought in. Pretty a little late, but you know what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. Allie was one of our original players. She was one of the ones from that podcast. So she was there from the beginning and she was already sketching out everybody's characters just like during the game on her tablet. So it made it, it made complete sense to me to have her do the illustrations. So she she already had a bunch in the back. And art is great because it's it's very whimsical, like her color palettes. I kept making the jokes when I first signed on is, okay, so this is Easter at Charles Dickens' place. <laughs> because it's a very pastel Easter tones. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But it's got the kids wearing rundown clothing and stuff like that. And there's still child labor. Like, like like which image is it with the uh, I think it's a mommy's little helper with the uh, the creature has four eyes and a bandaid on her cheek, but it's also mm-hmm. holding a mask with this like smiling cherubic face on it. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because that's one thing, too, is we tried to also have a lot of varied races in the represented in the book, like not a single there's not a single human in the book. Yeah. And oh, OK, let me phrase that. Human baby. We did have, I think there is a nurse or two that are human, mm. but we tried to make sure to have like very unique yeah. babies, especially since part of the mechanics is, well, there's no, you know, quote unquote race or species tied to your character. I loved hearing that. Josh had mentioned that before I saw it myself and thought that was a really wonderful way to go. We'd even had conversations about some other things things that we're doing uh i mentioned earlier the spy game and a modern game being the wonderful thing is you don't have to worry about race just let mm-hmm. them be and represent yeah. what they feel comfortable being and representing and i love that concept in a modern game it's one of the reasons why i enjoy modern games or future games yeah. and then to take a game that is neither and both at the same mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. i'm always interested when i look at new systems how do they tackle that issue the way the world's going and i i really like the way you guys handled it which is yep. 
Be whatever. Here are your stats. (laughs) I mean, that was very intentional. I mean, there's a straight up disclaimer, I guess you could say. If I could just read from the book real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course, yeah. Please. Uh, could I read from the tome? Yeah. Yes, you, you can wait, read from your own wait, book, Jason. Jason. Thank you. Musical accompaniment. A reading. And here is the ring from the tome. <laughs> is that incense I smell? Is that- Gosh, I feel right into it now. That's just the uh, the baby lotion. Yeah, you know, baby yeah. powder. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Help is not okay. This podcast does not. This podcast does not support the current use of actual talc on no, actual. Gosh, no, gosh, no. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. The smell is a delight, but yeah, no, it's that whole lead poisoning thing. Um, <laughs> a note about race, gender, and species. The idea of racial advantages and disadvantages is rightfully being phased out of most role playing games, and in that spirit, we've erased the idea completely. Any race, gender, or species the player wishes to play is welcome and encouraged. Starting bonuses to a character are determined by their selection of class, perks, and knacks, not the happenstance of their race, their environment, or their gender. Be whatever you want to be. A troll, an elf, a Sasquatch, the Mothman, all are equally unwelcome at Lady Chastity's. Yeah, I loved that. Just the again, just the way that you, for one, that paragraph is so succinct and so mm-hmm. on point about, nope, none of that. BS matters, right? None yeah, of that yeah. is going to matter here. You, it doesn't matter. Play what you want to play. The rules will not get in the way. The rules, you know, the, the, they don't play into the rules or anything like that. You play what you want to play. The rules are elsewhere. Um, no. I, I just thought that was a really succinct, really elegant way of saying that. So I, I'd written that down. So kudos to you guys for that. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. No, it, it was, it was absolutely. And I would also say kudos for centering it in an orphanage. It mm-hmm. is a great way to do it because Where's a place where it doesn't matter where you are? Everybody's in exactly the same position. You're yep. stuck in the same spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and an orphanage, jail, mm-hmm. or basic <laughs> training. Those yeah. are your three options. And, and hopefully much. they're not going in that order. But yeah. <laughs> and, and the fun thing that's actually we do in our actual play podcast for Babies and Broadswords too is Jason, who GMs it, or rather sitter, is our sitter, mm-hmm. which is our, our fun term for it's GM. He basically, we tell him what races we are, our babies are, and he keeps that in mind for the narrative. Like, for example, I play a gargoyle baby, and we have this a fun thing that during one of the mechanics timeout, where when you give your quote unquote hit points, you get depleted, you're supposed to go on timeout. When I go on timeout, I turn to stone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, that's fantastic. First of all, I'm going to dive into that one. So that was, okay. so again, on the list of things <laughs> that I wrote down here, I wanted to touch on that rest mechanic that you guys mm-hmm. have. And you have, yeah, yeah. so basically, so if, if I can paraphrase here a little bit, and correct me if I get it wrong here, but basically yep. there are three different ways that you could be sent to have to go to rest, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There, there is timeout if, if you take too many ouchies. Right. Uh, Right, you have to go to timeout. If you get cranky, you have to take a nap. If you get grumpy, sorry, grumpy, if you get grumpy, yeah, yeah. if you run out of grumpy, you have to take a nap. Oh, if you get too much tummy ache from eating too many cookies, which are how you power all of your powers, then you need a potty break. First of all, those are all just 
amazing, right? Just the way that you you separated those. The fact that you mm-hmm. have three different rest mechanics for three different situations was really cool. But the yeah. part that I wanted to go ahead and talk about more than anything else was actually my favorite part about all of that is how you encourage that these rests only take about five or ten minutes of time, mm-hmm. but that you encourage not only the character has to leave the scene, but yeah. that the player should leave the scene. The player's got to go the too. the game yeah. continues mm-hmm. when they leave. Yep. Yeah, so that's happened quite a few times on the podcast. So, yeah, so, so where <laughs> That's such a great idea. Where did that come from? Honestly, the idea was, it was twofold. Playing with my kids, whenever they would get too worked up over a game, sometimes (laughs) it was literally, let's set the game aside for five minutes. Let's take a breath, and then we can come back to it. So playing with kids in mind, it was like sometimes, and if a kid gets to the point where they've hit their limit on their ouchies, their grumps, or their tummy aches, it's probably because they did something, they made a mistake of some sort, or they rolled really poorly. It's something that's going to make them upset. So it's not, it's just not a bad idea for a mom to be able to say, okay, well, you step aside for a few minutes. But as far as for grownups, I thought it was cool that if you weren't smart enough about managing your resources, yeah. you got a punishment. You literally have to leave. You don't get to know what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it really was just like, okay, you messed up. Go. You don't get to play. You're out of the game. I'm kicking you off my, my board. <laughs> well, grump, back. I, I've had a couple yeah. grumps in my Alana's game as, as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The one that Josh yeah, brings up yeah, a lot. Yeah. I was sent away for a bit. That, that was for, for, for you guys. So we've talked about this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. But basically, Lee Winnika and I played in a Ravenloft campaign. Oh, where that, that game breaks friendships. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Well, and I now that the years have uh, have aged me and perhaps my emotions <laughs> have softened, I, I can haven't. say without any glib that one of the other players was being a dumbass and <laughs> we could not contain ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the storytellers a- you're out you're not mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. get out of here you're not yeah. here you're not <laughs> helping him <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're not helping. Yeah, yeah. It's good that you mentioned Ravenloft because that is an amazing setting as to why I love the way that Jason particularly like handled this with the again, quote unquote hit points. Because Ravenloft, for example, that is a realm of fear. That is a realm of the most horrific things your character should probably ever experience next to going down to the literal underworld. Yeah. Yeah. And still you're worried about your hit points. Fear right. mechanic is a fear mechanic. You're worried about getting physically hurt. Mm-hmm. Forget the, the other stuff is just there. With with the way that babies and broadswords works, it's it's up to the sitter to determine what based on the situation, whether it was a tummy ache, a grump, or uh wow, now my brain's going off. Tummy ache, grump, or uh or an ouchie. Yeah. Or an ouchie, yeah. thank you. Physically hurt you or did not being able to get up to the cookie jar make you sad? It's it's yeah. it, it all depends on how the, the player attempts the uh the situation and it gives the sitter some room to yeah to narratively enforce that yeah and even just the way that the quirks that get assigned based on what class you pick, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. all have negatives. So it's, yeah, mm-hmm. I might yeah. be able to, I might be able to help the other character do what they need to do, but it's going to cost me a grumpy or I'm going to have to, I have to eat cookies to do it. And that's mm-hmm. eventually going to give me a tummy ache and right. I'm running out of cookies. Yeah, right. you know, that, oh, kind of, yeah. that kind of thing. So it's like, I love the way that you sort of took and I, I, this is one of those things that's going to sound not necessarily as a compliment up front, but it really is. Mm-hmm. I love the way that you took something that is so juvenile and made it sound <laughs> so much fun. 
right? Yeah. That's like you didn't. It, it's juvenile without sounding infantile, right? It's not because there's a way by that at all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah there's, no. there's a way that, that, that that's right on. Say, that's on a brand. <laughs> yeah, like that's there. There's there is a way that that oh cookies fuel your powers that can come off wrong, and the way you guys did it is fantastic. And so I just wanted to go ahead and really underscore that I think that there is a lot in these rules, and the more that you digest them, <laughs> no pun intended, the more that you like dive through them, it's like no, there's actually really interesting mechanics in here, and it's wrapped in this sort of it's it's almost like almost like Monty Python-esque where it's like mm, you've got these mm. really solid mechanics that are wrapped in this layer of ridiculousness that yeah. is amazing, right? And that's the next thing that I wanted to touch on is that, boy, the humor in this book is a l- – it gets dark at times. And, and so whose influence is that? And like, Jason, is that, oh, is that coming right from your own mind there or, or, um, or, yeah. or where, where is that yeah, coming from? Yeah, that's, that's – we sometimes have to reel him back a little. <laughs> I do have a very dark sensibility, but – I grew up in my formative years were in the nineties reading Neil Gaiman and Grant Morrison comics and oh, I thought, yeah. how can I not be dark to some extent? You're a Vertigo fan? You're, oh, I loved Vertigo. Oh, you're so officially much, my people. So much Hellblazer. <laughs> oh, it's still it's, yeah. it, it's it's breaking my bookshelf even now. I we're finally at the point where we're in a house where I can have an office and I get to take my old trades out of the attic because I can close them off from the kids and I don't have to worry about them seeing something that they shouldn't be seeing. It's a very exciting time. But uh, no, I definitely think you said Monty Python, and I think that hit it right off the bat. There was de- there's a lot of that kind of very dry British humor in it. That's yep. a lot where I love. There's a lot of kind of footnotes in the book, very Douglas Adams, very Terry Pratchett, but that sort of because that's what I love. I always like the little nibble, little extra bits of, of world building that don't really have anything to do with anything or just silly and fun. I can't do anything without making it a little wry and twisted. And yeah. so the fact that we're right dealing with kids, I think just amped it up. But <laughs> The stuff that they made me cut out. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. and it's been on the cutting room flare. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. And it's been great for me as an artist because I get to take a look at some of the crazy stuff he writes, and I'm like, okay, I get to draw this. I like, mean, with without his humor, the the rat cultists on the cover would not have been made. <laughs> Well, because rats aren't funny. We learned that in the bestiary section of the book, but we'll get there in a second here. If you'll let me read from the book here, I want to read the first paragraph from Taking Turns, just to illustrate the wry sense of humor that's in here. So, at the start of any challenge, babies must figure out when everyone will play their actions. This is called Taking Turns. Taking Turns are established by a 1d6 roll. Whoever has the highest score gets to take their turn first. In a tie, winners play rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. None of this going on scissors nonsense. Now, as former World of Darkness LARPers, that no going on scissors nonsense is firmly ensconced in my brain because rock, paper, mm-hmm. scissors is how the old Vampire the Masquerade mm-hmm. LARP mm-hmm. rules worked was on rock, mm-hmm. paper, scissors. And so yeah. that no going on scissors nonsense is very serious business, which you then elaborate. <laughs> say, this is serious business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, just that sort of wry sense of humor I thought was just fantastic. So That's actually an Easter egg I'm surprised you picked up because um, I'm not going to go again. We, we mentioned this in the off conversation, but we worked for – Someone who was uh, attached to World of Darkness for a while as writers. Yeah. Some of us who are on the team now. And so there are little bits that I snuck in. They're kind of little Easter yeah. eggs, little digs. Yeah. And, and that was actually one of them that you're the first person who's ever caught that. So <laughs> I, I can uh, guarantee to you, if it's World of Darkness, one of the two of us will pick up on it. We'll pick up mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just who we are. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. how we met. Yeah. I, and to, to jump in on the humor, <laughs> I'm just looking at the quirks. I just love how light... And simplistic, but that's not a bad thing. That's just it's great for games. Like nose picker, you can pick your you can pick your friends. You can pick, but if you choose this quirk, you will definitely pick your friend's nose. I mean, come on, 
That's oh. the best. Yeah. That is good stuff. Oh, I've been finding you. with I've been finding with play tests and whatnot because I've conducted my own play tests and stuff. But why is one of the favorites? Oh, I, all I, it literally you, is. It's one of as is, a sitter. It's, it's, it's one a, of my least favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will. But why? But why, uh, Jason? Oh, no, I mean, because, uh, no. <laughs> because I said so. You're on timeout. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will tell you. Fact, <laughs> I mean, Josh knows this. I'm gonna definitely play a baby who's a headbanger. That's just. I mean, uh, either, oh yeah, I'm thinking Damarian headbanger yeah, all yeah. day. Yeah, either because yeah, you listen yeah. to music or your neck is too weak to hold up your head. Yeah, no, yeah. nobody knows why it's banging. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will tell you my favorite mechanic, and it is, and it feeds into my next question. You were talking about Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Tasha's diaper full of everything. Is <laughs> 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 probably <laughs> we're, we're not we're waiting to get a letter about that particular well, one. Well, to be honest, see, yeah. see, yeah. see it's, it's it's not Tasha. It's Tasha. Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw out an alternate spelling for you. T O S H. There we go. We should have gone there. We should have gone there. There we go. For for the next future prints. Yeah. Yeah. Future prints. That's the question because I I feel like we need to run a poll for our listeners. Over, under, how many Wizards of the Coast Easter eggs are in here? Because there are many. I I mean, Wizards was was definitely the kind of the main source as far as where I was going. I mean, the character classes are, are pretty much all the basic D&D archetypes. Yeah. Instead of barba- barbarians, we have barbabians, and sorcerers are now thorthorers, and warwalks <laughs> and sneaky pants. That's, that's like, how you like, say that. It's a thorthorer. Yeah. 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 It's a thorthorer. Yeah. Yeah. Thor- and then, and, yeah. and then <laughs> like, monks are uh, like, punchy kickers. Monks are punchy <laughs> kickers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we yeah. really boiled a lot of it down to what would a four-year-old say and, and what is at the base of this character? So there Just are a saying, lot of wizards. Yeah. There, there's a lot. There's I'm not going to lie. Yeah. 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 There's, there, there's a lot in here and mm-hmm. they're all like a good quality nods too. There's not, mm-hmm. a, there's not a bad joke in, well, there probably are several bad jokes. There's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's several that are questionable. Several yeah. that are questionable. I'm not yeah. going to say bad. Send ups are cool. I told, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they're, 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 well they're, they're, well they're lovingly yeah. nod. They're yeah. loving nods. Yeah. No, you, Jason, you said that – so you played this with your own kids. Is that what you were mm-hmm. saying earlier? Yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. So how much influence did your kids have on the way that the game wound up coming out? What's something that kind of came out from playing with them, that, that something that they came up with that, that you didn't expect was going to be in there? I think really the, the biggest influence I got from my kids was the – we'll go back to – was the idea of race and, and gender and whatever not – meaning anything as far as affecting the things like I had already had that idea in my mind but when I asked the kids hey if you wanted to play a fantasy game what would you want to be and there were my daughter's like I want to be a half cat half rainbow and my son's I want to be a a zombie bat yeah of course kids want to do weird stuff so really leaning into that was the biggest thing I got from them that and making rules very simple without being dumbed down because you don't want to you want to give your kids and you want to give kids the, the they're smarter than we sometimes think they are. So really they were help for me to getting the tone of the game. It's, yes, let's be as silly and, and play pretend. That's that's what we want to do. Being able to lean into that weirdness. They yeah. really they gave me the permission to feel like, okay, kids are absurd. They will go absurd. If I take them somewhere dark and weird, most kids are gonna go with that. And most yeah, grown-ups yeah. are going to go with that. Yeah. And the fun thing is for adults, I mean, Jason's mentioned the fact that the rules are simple and everything like that. We have big kids rules. Mm-hmm. We have yeah, alternate just talk about those. rules. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, the, okay. Kind of the expansion. <laughs> yeah. The, the, that's actually one of the things that I like too, is that again, you have this very simple, elegant rule set and then 
you also throw in these little side notes. Hey, if you're looking for something a little bit more challenging, try this. Here's a Mm -hmm. way that, you know, um, and I don't know what, I feel like this is the question that I keep asking all night, but where did that idea come from? The kind of having, like giving specific, was that stuff that was found like during playtesting or how did those big kid rules come about? Yeah, Big Kid Rules was definitely uh, came out of playtesting. It was really some of our players and some of the people we playtested with would either gush about how simple and streamlined things were and others were like, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. And so we tried to find ways that we could make the game more challenging for experienced players without making it too crunchy to enjoy the simplicity of things, the the juvenility of it. So yeah, so a lot of those Big Kids Rules were just somebody thought this would be a better idea. Yeah, we could squeeze that into this and make that work with this and still have the rest of the game work. I'm sure we could do that yeah I just found that they work really great because I came in around the time that you guys really started. We really started implementing in a lot of the big kids rules. Mm-hmm. And so when I started doing my initial play test and everything like that, it was with the big kids rules. And my group, my play testers had a fair amount of say about it in a positive way. Nice. 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 They were glad to have those options. And I think with games that more n- new games need to have something where there's a starter set of rules. Yeah, and then a more absolutely. So you understand how to play, you understand the way it goes, and then you can very easily and quickly, without changing anything that has come before, up the ante. So maybe exactly. your group plays this for six months every other week or once a month for six mm-hmm. months. It's like, hey, we've been doing this for a while. We really like the game. But we need a little bit more out of each session. I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, starting next session, we're going to bring in some of the big kids' rules and we'll right. see which ones we like and we'll go with it from there. I think being able to up the tier of the game as mm-hmm. players roll through the game themselves is really a, a nice way to do things. And I think a lot of games could learn from that. Here's how you get started. Here's what you do. Here's this other thing. Mm-hmm. TSR back in the day, they had basic roles and then they had AD&D. The AD&D, yeah. And it worked really well. Mm-hmm. I started in the basic red box. Yep. Actually, the first game I did was an AD&D game. Didn't go well for my character. That was a <laughs> um, But I wasn't the only one. And then the next time I went at it, I, it was with the red box. I'm like, oh, okay, this is easier. A little mm-hmm. bit less choice, a little more streamlined, but I got the flavor of it. And then as right. I was playing, I was like, I want to do more. I want to do more. Then somebody brought in the next thing. And then I was able to do more. And I think that works really well. Thank yeah, you. I mean, the general rules is definitely for... Uh, not initially for kids in mind, but it's the idea of kid-friendly. While the the concept of, oh, hey, well, I had fun with this with my kids. Hey, maybe I might introduce this to my group. And that's definitely where the big kids' rules are coming. I made the joke to one of my friends. I'm like, standard rules are for the family you don't pick. The big kids' <laughs> rules are for the family you do pick. <laughs> good. Yeah. No, that's enough. a good line. You should <laughs> really tweet good. that. That's yeah. really, you should tweet that. Jack. I, I, I guarantee you, you tweet that. I can guarantee at least two retweets. I'm All just right. saying. Uh, okay. Jack, you, remember <laughs> what you said and send it to me, Jack, and I'll get it on the Twitter. Um. Do you want early access to every Tabletop Journeys episode? How about exclusive content, live broadcasts, and the chance to throw dice with your favorite hosts and fellow fans? Or, heck, do you just want to support the show? Join our Patreon today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. We have tiers to fit any budget for a monthly commitment, or you can make a one-time contribution to the cause. We love doing the show for y'all, and support helps us keep creating and producing great content for you.
So join us today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. There's 10 people on our team, on the Even Footing Games team, um, and, and we all just randomly found each other. Some of us were on a podcast together. Some of us were working for this other gaming company together. Jack was a guy who knew a guy and he got pulled in. So we're all kind of (laughs) weird connections, but we all have different skill sets. Like I'm definitely, I've named myself creative director, whether anybody agrees with that or not, that's what I've decided (laughs) I am. But we've got guys, we've got guys who are real crunchy, good mechanics guys. That's, I need those guys to make my stuff work. So the big kids rules, the challenge of that was making sure we could put these rules in. And they wouldn't break the game. It was like yeah. you could put them all into the game store runs fine. You could put one or two into the game store runs fine. So yeah. I kind of I learned how an, an elegant system is put together by watching those guys just do yeah. the math and crunch the numbers and make sure everything nice. fit right. Yeah. And I'm fun because I like to sit there and say, "Well, I'm just the artist," but then I give <laughs> like all my opinions on things. <laughs> I, um, I, I feel you on that one, Jack. I do that yeah. a lot in our meetings. I don't know a lot about this, this, or this, but. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I grew up on, we were talking about this a little beforehand. I grew up on Palladium and a lot of crunchier systems, but then I started to gravitate more towards more narrative games lately, powered by the apocalypse games and stuff like that. I tried to make sure they'd be like, hey guys, maybe this fun narrative type thing, but they were all, they were pretty much already mostly had that handled. (laughs) So that brings me to question and possibly questions that I had about the game. Clearly, it's a it's a system that you put together. It's not something based on another system. I've only once in my entire gaming life tried to create a role playing system. Mm-hmm. It was famously crunchy. <laughs> and when I say famous, there were like two of us involved. Mm-hmm. It was famously crunchy, and, but it was amazing fun. Uh, for the two of us who were working on the project, friend of the show and Patreon, Marty, helped me do this. We oh, it were, wasn't Captain Crunch? No. <laughs> uh, we were, it was based on G.I. Joe, actually. We were, nice. young, we were young teenagers. We had tons of G.I. Joe action figures. We had our own story that we played. And this was as we were starting to role play and do D&D. Uh, it's actually, we um, spent would pause playing with our G.A. Joes to play D&D. And we liked D&D so much, and we liked the uh, G.A. Joe stuff Mm -hmm. we were doing so much, we decided to make our own role-playing game for for the G.A. Joes. It was a D6 system. Marty will have to chime in in the comments at some point. (laughs) All I can vaguely remember was taking every single G.A. Joe and making stats for all of them. And I remember that. And that was amazing fun. And then whatever the mechanics we had was absolute garbage. For sure. Hold on. on. Um, I have to ask, how OP was Snake Eyes? I don't believe we rated him because we said whatever Snake Eyes wants, Snake Eyes Snake freaking Eyes gets. Yes. yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty much how that goes. I remember I was a- my favorite, one of my favorite J. Joes other than Snake Eyes was always Steeler uh, okay. from, from the Mobat. Uh, right. Ralph Pulaski was the actual name on his file card, by the way. That's how geeked out I um, And I can tell you Stereotypic for a fact, Yeah. Uh, I, Lonzo Wilkins, Stalker, Shauna M. O'Hara, Scarlet. I geek hard. I, I tell wow. you that. I geek hard. You named the Joes. That's amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I can tell you is that I really, when that all went down, I was just like, I just love the concept of doing it mm-hmm. until it came down to put the numbers together. Mm-hmm. So kudos yeah. to anybody that develops their own system. Any game I've done since then, it was what system best fits the genre I'm trying to do, right. and then I will right. use that system. So I, I love the fact that you did that. Can you kind of give me a peek behind, give our audience a peek behind the curtain on what it takes to build your own game system. I think sometimes people take that for granted when they pick mm-hmm. up a game. Oh, this is this, or that is that without any knowledge of what it takes to do it. And I'd love to hear that from you guys. Sure. I, I think for me, it was a matter of, and, and everyone's going to put their games together diff- uh, differently. I mean, I think that's the first thing. There's no right or wrong way to design a game. I am definitely a writer first. So for me, it was important to, to figure out the setting and everything, but I just, I honestly, I built this on a rule of three. Once I had my first big three stats, which was adventurousness, precociousness, and cuteness. It's my game. I don't know what it is. All right. Well, um, okay. Well, cuteness changed a couple cuteness times. Cuteness did change a few times. Cuteness was a couple of different things, but yeah. once I boiled those three down, so I want one to be, my mental stuff. I want one to be my physical stuff, and I bought one one to be my social stuff. Everything branched off of those. So for me, it was very, it was almost geometric. It's like I've got three base stats. Now can I come up with three smaller stats? And now can I come up with three branching stats? So the game is a big triangle. So for me, it was diagramming everything out first. Was the mechanic wise was how I put it together. Once I had that all squared away, then I needed to grab my math guys. I'm like, look, I want to use all weird dice. I want to use D8s and D4s and D12s, dice that don't get used a lot. No D20s. How do we do that? They looked at me like, we're not going to do that. We're going to do one type. You pick the dice that you want. And we'll go from there. So for me, it was good to have people who understood the numbers. So the design is really, it's both, it was diagramming a sentence. I mean, that's really what it came down to. It was building a story and it was figuring out what are my nouns? What are my adjectives? I'm going to put my commas here and then finding someone who could, who could answer the equation for me. I gave them X over Y equals Z and they figured out what X, Y, and Z were. So kudos to anyone who could actually design that on their own. When somebody comes and tells me I designed this game and I came up with all of the numbers and I figured out the math and I made sure that everything fits correctly and I did it by myself and the and the numbers work and the system is still engaging and elegantly put together that blows my mind but once you've got your overall thing you've got to play test it i mean that's really what and you have to be brutal with your stuff and um, very open to critique yeah. yes yes <laughs> you know who's it was it faulkner who said you have to kill your darlings or hemingway but I mean, it's true. This is my baby. I don't, this is literally, I don't want to give this to you and, and let you rip it apart. It became for me, once I had everything designed in math, it, I, our play tester, our lead play tester was a guy who really, he came in later. I'm like, look, you don't have the blood in this that I do. So I want you to be the one to make the cuts for me or to run this through the ringer. Yeah. And he's the guy that brought me in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love that you talk about that process in that way josh and i in a far flung past part of our lives we were originally part of a team that was trying to a friend of our mutual friend was trying to develop an mmorg went absolutely nowhere (laughs) though i think we had brilliant story ideas like we really did come up with some brilliant ideas and i was really on the project to develop story only Mm -hmm, mm because anybody who knows me i don't computer 
Um, right, right. I don't interwebs. I don't do any of those things well. I am learning. <laughs> I am trying to get better at it, but I am woefully behind. This is the guy who got a cell, his first cell phone in 2007 or 2008. Yeah. I think that was right around when I got mine. I was like, oh, that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and it wasn't out of some grog nerd thing for the most part. It was mm-hmm. just a design. I worked in call centers, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk to people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I have call center past. Trust yeah, me, so, I understand. And I, so I don't talk on phones. Uh, I actually, it was a conversation I had today. If you don't pay me X amount of dollars, I'm not talking to you on a phone. That's just how that works. <laughs> Like I actually have a word for that, but I love that part of it. We we did some of that, and even as with our current projects, we have a great system between uh, the three of us that work on them. Where it's we each come up with ideas, we bring them to the table, we discuss them. We're very open to changes, feedback. One of my favorite phrases is, "Hey, look, I'm not really married to that idea. So if Mm -hmm. you feel it needs to change, go for it." Very rarely, and I think in our most recent project, I've had one thing that I did that I was like, I really don't want to change that. I, yeah. That is really core to what yeah. I, I really wanted in there. And the feedback was, if that's the one thing you're going to pick, then we're going to find a way to make that one thing work. And everything that yeah. changed about it was to make that one thing work. I'm, yeah. I'm nodding vigorously because there were a few things that I would not budge on. Most of them were poop jokes. I would not budge on. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this isn't will say literal this one right here on page 47 it's not if your poop jokes don't budge you might need more fiber in your diet well honestly and that's the thing with jason is his dedication really showed through and that's one thing with game design that no seriously and i'm not just talking about i'm not not just talking about the poop jokes um because that's one thing as an artist and this is something i think people making new systems and stuff can relate to is you have to talk, think about what kind of journey are you taking people on? Mm-hmm. And that needs to be set in the mechanics, just as I need to say it in the art. With Jason having to work through exactly what do we want these babies to do? What kind of adventures do we want them on? Because you take a look at systems. Systems are definitely set up with things in mind. You take Dungeons and Dragons that is so embroiled in the dungeon crawling that is yeah. like almost 90% of your character creation. Oh, yeah, here are some skills on the side. Don't worry. The math's automatically done for you based on your stats. And then you got other systems that are designed for other things. And, you know, Jason did it, and the rest of our crew did an amazing job of really making those stats and the type showing the type of journey your babies can go on. All right. So then, Jason, Thanks. I think that this question may be uh, pointed directly at you then. What is the one thing that didn't get included in this book that hurt the most? That, that you had, that, <laughs> oh, what's boy. the one thing that you wish had made it off of the cutting room floor? And, I have a feeling here. That'll probably I have a feeling be I know in the is. supplement that comes in a, in a few Yeah, that's something I'll talk to them into. Let me do it. I have a feeling. <laughs> well, what, what do you think it is, Jack? I'm just curious. There was a certain cutoff appendage that the babies could find. <laughs> I think we kept that in there. Oh, no, but I thought it was worded differently. I thought it was a lot darker. <laughs> oh, it might have been. There, the, there's a, one of the items is a, a foot, and it doesn't say whose foot it belongs to. Yeah. No, I think, actually, honestly, I think that they were real good about letting me keep the tone I was looking for, but one joke I, I did have to cut, and it, I still think it was solid. There's an item in the game called a good stick for poking. In the flavor, <laughs> one of the descriptions was like it was good for poking dead bodies that washed up on the shore or something like that, or that's what the stick was for. <laughs> it was for poking bodies. And everyone decided maybe we don't have bodies washing up on the shore uh, of the orphanage or coming up in the sewer. And it's like, but kids poke <laughs> bodies with sticks. That's like, I grew up in the South. When we came across <laughs> Roadkill... 
let's poke it with a stick for a while. You didn't have um, to be in the South. Yeah, yeah. I'm from upstate New York, and I got to tell you, you poke it you, with a stick. You a poke stick. it with a stick. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you push yeah. your friend on it. Just mm-hmm. We'll yeah. say. And I'm I mean, from Jersey. Yeah, he doesn't the, run that far. So. I'm from Jersey. Yeah. You don't poke the roadkill. It might poke yeah. back. I'm from, I'm from Southie. Same thing, because it might not be dead. Like that's, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. So, well, in upstate New York, when we run over something, we run it down. <laughs> I love it. I learned to drive in upstate. Like I was living in upstate New York when I was getting my license. I learned how to drive aggressively in the snow and it's coming handy. It's the only way to take a hill, by the way. It really is. You just got to gun it and hope for the best. Yeah, I've driven um, a lot around Syracuse. I totally understand that. <laughs> But there were, I mean, I hail from Mythica. Gorges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a so couple I, of jokes that I'm surprised they let me keep, though, honestly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I'm sure, because there are some jokes in here that the the one about, uh, we joked about this earlier, about, about the rats and the bestiary, about how rats aren't funny. This is serious, right? And, and so, like, in a book so full of humor, that little bit of, oh, no, this is serious was really. Yeah, yeah. Why are you um, laughing at the fact that there are rats in the orphanage? That means it's terrible. Exactly, it's right. Yeah. My favorite one, again, uh, uh, so many throwbacks to, or references uh, to Dungeons & Dragons and Wizards of the Coast and everything like that. But, uh, again, in the bestiary, when you're talking about the blinky kitties mm-hmm. and how they do, they do do not displace because that would be a copyright violation. Like yep. all like the meta jokes like that, that are like that, that are in this. Those were, I think probably my favorite. Uh, a lot of the loot, the, how you can find a rusty nail, an empty wasp nest. Like that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a bunch of like funny stuff in here. So I'm, and a lot of jokes that are really like, I'm surprised they let you keep also. The, uh, the book with pictures of gross, of grown ups wrestling. I'm surprised they let you keep that one. That I was, was surprising they let me keep. Yeah. I was halfway tempted to draw it with, oh, but I was going to do it with very careful censoring of various <laughs> knickknacks and like yeah. kids drawn, like crayons drawing over mm. top of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the toilet monster creature. Oh, I love the, that. Uh, I love drawing the that creepy creature. doll. <laughs> like, oh yeah, there was just like stuff in here that's just it's just really priceless. I yeah. mean, a lot of the the, the stuff, for, the, the ideas that I was taking for monsters was what was I afraid of when I was a kid? And it was the toilet. It was creepy dolls. It was the dark. And and how do we how do we make it so those are are kind of referential and silly, but also something that you can beat when you're a six year old and you beat the toilet monster? No reason to be afraid of the toilet anymore. You've taken care of that problem. I will say there there is always one joke. Jaws and then are afraid of the toilet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Don't go in there was water. there was one joke that well I don't know if it was so much a joke, but there's one thing that Jason said no to was when we were designing the cover originally. It wasn't supposed to be the rats. Originally, we were going to put one of the barky dogs from the bestiary in there. And then oh, Jason's like, the cookie jar. I'm yeah. like, let's not, Jason's have, no. <laughs> let's not have a picture of our babies holding a, a rolling pin ready to beat up a dog. Let's, yeah. that let's just imply that in the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that. that's where the back to those rats. That's where, that's where I came mm-hmm. up with the rats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. I think I got an alternative. Nobody yeah, cares right. if rats get beat up with a rolling pin. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, well, after, hey, after listening to our podcast, they will. Because you turn those rats into actual characters I that did. are lovable and adorable. You guys got a, adopted by a couple of, by a nice rat They're my couple. aunts and yeah. uncles. They're really fun. <laughs> your, your new uncles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me. That's reminds my character of, uh, voice. Yep. Was, reminds me of that. Was it Joe's apartment, the, the apartment that was full of roaches. Oh, so that's geez. Fun. Welcome well, to right Joe's guy. apartment. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I was uh, thinking of that creepy 70s movie, Ben. With the Michael mm. Jackson theme song. Oh, yeah, yeah, where the, yeah. Where the Michael Jackson song came from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wrote a love song about a rat. That guy was talented. Yeah. <laughs> I was terrified of that movie, by the way. It's and a scary movie. 
Yeah. I just thought Billy Jean was about a woman. Slept on, slept on the rats and they all covered mm-hmm. him up. No. <laughs> so I want to, I've got one more question for you. Yep. My kind of final question here is that one thing I loved about the book is that, the, so the book is what, 80 ish pages long or so. It's about 80 pages, uh, yeah. And a solid 30 pages of it are dedicated to campaign material mm-hmm. that you guys wrote for players to go ahead and go through. And I just thought that right. was a, a fantastic touch. Like you touch on how do you build your own campaign and then provide two or three campaigns to go ahead and let players play. What was the impetus behind that? Where, why was that so important to you to include in the book? I think it was twofold. It was the, the whole Jim. Jimmy St. James our, uh, was our lead play tester and he wrote a couple of campaigns that we really nice. liked these one shots. It was to, it was really for, New players to not have to think about it too much. Yeah. You could just, you could, someone could just pick up the book on a Friday afternoon and you could have something ready to go by Friday night when your friends come over. So it really was, we wanted to make everything as self contained as possible. And secondly, there's going to be, we hope, parents running this with their kids. And sometimes it's going to be their first time. Yeah. Let's save them some of the, the work of putting together a, a one shot or a module. Yeah. I thought flavor, just to get that delicious setting flavor in there. Yeah, that because, was also just- yeah because we a lot of you know, just fun locations are mentioned. A lot of fun little things like the undergrounds touch on old rusty in the courtyard, stuff like that. Just I give a general feel of what the life is like in Lady Chastity's. Yeah, totally. I loved it. I love what you say too about about encouraging parents to play this with their mm-hmm. kids, right? That's that's the yeah. There's a lot of dark humor and there's a lot of a lot of toilet humor and everything like that. Let's be honest. Like your your eight to twelve year old kid is going to eat that. Oh, up. they're going to they eat really it up. Are. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember when my son was that age. Like I remember he was probably about. I don't know, probably 11 or 12 when he first saw Clue the movie. And it was like the perfect age for that movie. Like that movie is full of like prepubescent early teen humor. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get just just enough of it to know, yeah, that that, exactly right. Exactly. Because if exactly you get enough of the jokes to know that they're telling dirty jokes. And so you feel like, oh, I'm I'm in on something, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm, Yeah, it was mm -hmm. fantastic. I'm almost a big kid now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a movie and they made a joke about whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And so I love, like, you've got those parents who maybe they've been players for 20 years, Mm -hmm, but they've never mm -hmm. actually run their own game. And so giving, making that so uh, accessible and so easy for people to go ahead and pick up, I thought was a really smart, if if I may be so bold, a really smart idea and a really great idea to help people get into kind of uh, a system that is maybe not the system that they've ever played before. So. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, I used yeah. to do for pay games with families, parents trying to get their kids into D&D, that sort of thing. And so there was definitely yeah. that in mind. And so let's, I want you to be able to run this with your kids, not me. Right, I'll right. take your money, but that's what I'm hoping <laughs> will happen at the end of it. This, yeah, yeah. this guy yeah. over here was living the dream being a paid for DM. I know. <laughs> I make a lot. It's not, it wasn't that much of a dream. Yeah. No, it's not, there's not that much money <laughs> in it. Yeah. Dream, it's not that much. Yeah. If my dream, he means you got, you paid for your gas and your soda. <laughs> Pretty much. Maybe. <laughs> maybe right. and and broke even at the end of the night then yeah yeah then, then yeah, i would exactly. i would consider yeah. that a win yeah or or at least was able to just use a couple pennies to cover the tack i just kind of wanted to round off my questions first of all to say thank you all for for being here talking about this game for taking the time to make a game that is uh so fun to view and and read about and makes me like I, come up with character ideas like it's yeah. like i said 
the headbanging baby Aryan. I, I can see that in me. I just wanted to say thank you very much for that. And at some point, I would hope that if we were to reach out and say, hey, would you like to do something with us here at TTJ? Maybe, Absolutely. Uh, so we can get a nice one shot or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. I know you do your own AP, but we'd love to have the opportunity for you to bring something like that around for us. No, oh, um, I'd love to run a game with you guys. Absolutely. We have, we have we, things. Yeah, in fact, I already work. talked about that. <laughs> yes, we have things in the works yeah. and we'd love to have you be a mm-hmm. part of that. Just want to throw that out there to plant that seed so we can get back to it. But yeah, thanks. Thanks again for <laughs> uh, taking hey, the time to talk with us. Oh, hey, Jason. Kind words. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thwompkins, uh new kid initiation day. No, <laughs> no, no. I, we, we want people to play this again, Jack. <laughs> hey, kid is a good child. He, he is a good kid. It's, it's, it's a fun character. Yeah. No, but thank you. Seriously. This has yeah. been, this has been great. <laughs> This Absolutely has been fantastic. So why don't you let our listeners know where they can pick up their copy of, uh, of Babies and Broadswords and where they can get in touch with uh, with you all so they can uh, see what the other things that Even Footing Games, the other awesome things that Even Footing Games are doing. So Absolutely. Evenfootinggames.com is our website, and that's where you can find anything Babies and Broadswords plus information about upcoming projects we've got. We're working on another game system altogether that's going to be a lot crunchier like we were talking oh about yeah we were talking about it today like character creation could take up to two hours and i was getting excited i'm like oh two hours of character creation but um going as far from babies as we can but even footing games.com is, is our website you can find the book on drive through rpg or on amazon if you want to get a physical copy look for even footing games because we're putting everything under the company name uh if you want to hear our podcast where we do an actual play and we also do some game design so we split it up into two parts. We're at Even Footing Games presents Babies and Broadswords. Follow us on Instagram at Even Footing Games, Twitter at Even Footing Games, Even Footing Games at gmail.com for any questions. Really just Even Footing Games and you're going to find us. Don't forget our Discord <laughs> server. And our Discord you, server. You come also, and share those baby ideas. So Jason, Jack, thank you so very much for coming on here tonight. This has been an absolute riot. I am glad to know that uh, that you guys are just as fun as I thought, as I hoped you would be after reading the book earlier this afternoon. I was uh, reading through it. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good time. So that's. I'm also uh, glad to know that we were just as fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you taking some time to come on here and uh, and talk about us. And uh, for everybody out there, go pick up uh, Babies and Broadswords. I'm telling you, these the rules are super light, super fun i'm looking forward to getting uh, getting a chance to go ahead and roll some dice against this so that'll be fun so awesome thank you so much guys a last minute pitch as a Uh-oh. sequel to the game mm, let's hear it old folks home oh just say like se- seniors and senators no geezers and goblins Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, there we go <laughs> Yes, folks, you heard it here first. Tabletop Dirties has brainstormed with great content creators (laughs) on a sequel project. (laughs) Well, first, we have to do do Adolescence and Apocalypses, though. Right, we got to get up there, yeah. yeah. I'm not not writing these down as we speak. (laughs) Teens and Tiamat? Some bad backs? I don't know. <laughs> that one that one hits too close to home. Yeah, that's yeah. a little too harsh. I'm, I'm living yeah, in yeah. Yeah. managers. Yeah. 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 Anyway, all that to say, it was awesome having you. We love having awesome people come on the show to go ahead and talk about their 
other awesome things. And uh, this was just a, a tremendous amount of fun. So thank you again for taking some time out tonight. So thanks, guys. Uh, we appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Again. Absolutely. So next week on Tabletop Journeys, we're going to continue on with our coverage of the wizard subclass uh, from D&D 5e. We're in the middle of, a, of that discussion, but we have some really great interviews oh. coming up throughout the rest of February and March. So we wanted to kind of space those out a little bit. And yeah, so next week we'll get back into our wizard content. In the meantime, go out buy babies and broadswords, go check out even footing games. Definitely worth your time, worth your eyes, worth your space. It'd be fantastic. So go eat some cookies, go eat some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> but don't get a tummy ache. Cause then you have to go in time. No out tummy aches. That's right. So, all right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us. This has been tabletop journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, we would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.